Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. We can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. We are on Facebook at www. Rob, if you are thinking about opening up... This isn't sparkling water. This is just still... That's all it is. No need to worry. Okay, because you looked like you were going to open that bottle very gingerly and you were worried about the noise it would make. Wait for it. No, we're fine. We're fine. Right. We can continue. Can I I continue now? Sorry. We're on Facebook, which is www.facebook. Do you have a coaster? Uh... Oh, yeah, there's, there's one. I'm not sure you need one for a bottle of water. Well, I'm not, I, just, but... yeah, I don't want to stay on the table. Rob, we're recording a podcast here. So... Uh, we can be found on our, on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. We're on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. We're on Tumblr at www.lapodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. You can download all of our previous episodes, all 106 of them, from iTunes or our website and do with them what you wish. You can leave us a review. You can email us. I always forget to read out our email address. If you've got a story you mm. want to submit to us, some feedback, you just want to say hi, and we do get a lot of emails, but our email address is, is lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That's lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That isn't a mistake. You did hear it right. Yeah. Um, Rob, now, when you arrived today, we were, we, we were chatting and I said, because we needed to record this, we didn't have time enough to talk it off air, but, off air, but you started talking about something which I really need to hear more about and I'm sure our listeners would appreciate as well. You live in a flat at the moment in, what's the area? Uh, Loughton. In Loughton, which is sort of east east of London. It's classed as West Sussex. Uh, sorry, West Essex. Right. Long carry. <laughs> yeah. Long way off. Um, and um, and, you, and you, you said since you moved into this place, it, it, you know, you've had a period of relative bliss until you've had some new neighbours move in above you? Yeah. Um, Describe the situation. Well... To Uncle Alex. They've been... Uh, I don't mean that in a sinister way. It's good to know, in a, in a kind of, you know, rapey way. Um... It's been about two weeks, basically, and the flat's been vacant for some time, and one directly above us. And uh, Were people living in there before, then? No, yeah, it was a but family in there before. But they were quiet? Well, apart from one night when they had a, a blistering row, which lasted for approximately two hours. And you could hear it all, could you? Uh, quite, yeah, because I don't think they are carpet down. I'm guessing it's hardwood flooring. Right. So they, it picks up, you know, quite a lot of sound. Anyway, um, when the doors and windows are shut, it's absolutely fine. It's quite, it's quite peaceful. But these new neighbours moved in, and uh, you know I've got nothing against these neighbours. First of all, and just but um, I, I believe they're lesbians. How old are they? Uh, probably about our age. Right, they're not old. So in so well, we're, we're of different ages, but around I'm I'm mid thirties. Your we say sort of early twenties, late thirties. Uh, uh, How old sorry, are you, Rob? I'm thirty. Right. Thirty this year. So uh, yeah, late twenties, early thirties. Um, and uh, I've noticed that around the same sort of time, approximately eleven to eleven thirty. Uh, in the morning? N- no, 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 at night. Um, they've been having sex. Every day? Uh, well, there's three nights consecutively where this happened. Now, that's about the time that I tried to get the, the cats in. Um, so I'm not sure whether they can hear me calling the cats, but uh, the, the, one of them is quite um, it's quite vocal, shall we say, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure that if I met her face-to-face, I could tell which one it was by speaking to her. Right. Well, she uh, speaks. She says stuff, does she? No, no. It's sort it's of you know the 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 the, the, the vocal. Um, what, what would be the word? Pangs of ecstasy. Right? Basically, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that will last for about ten fifteen minutes. Right. Um, but they But so they're fairly active. Their bedroom it? window is wide open. See that I don't get. No, because I'm pretty sure that anyone in the close must be able to hear them. Hmm. I mean. Well, can you hear it through the floor as well? Or? No, no, I'm going to say, when the windows are closed, it's because the, my patio door is left open. That's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> and obviously, with a better window open, I can, uh, I've can. i actually had to turn the television up because it's been that loud. 
Really? <laughs> is this this has just been this week, has it? Uh, yeah, just this week to be fair. And Sarah's been away. Uh, no, Sarah. Sarah heard it as well. On stage. Oh, how did she feel about it? Well, it's just very uncomfortable. Alex. You know, you, when you know when when I'm in a loveless relationship, it's very difficult to hear people <laughs> say something sex. <laughs> I was just about to I mean, say, you know, when I'm standing outside masturbating in the garden, it's just weird. I wondered if she turned and said to you, "Why don't you make me?" Uh, uh, <laughs> no, she doesn't talk to me. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, now I do understand before we start the podcast that we did get an email uh, for, or a tweet. I don't know how he contacted us, but Parker. Yeah, he did. In Virginia. Virginia, yeah. the United States. That's right. He sent us um, a, a story, and has been. Uh, we've been tweeting it all backwards and forwards. Have you got his email? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. Um, Parker, no. for people who don't know, Parker submitted us one of our favourite ever stories uh, many, many, many episodes ago, which was uh, featured in the, uh, in the episode entitled Freaking Zombie Beaver, which was all about a, a, a beaver that, that, that attacked some woman, was killed, or thought to be killed, but kept rising from the dead and continuing its attack. That's correct. So the, the, the email read, I found this headline, I thought it might be good, but the story is so sad, so maybe not. So, you know, I'm interested already. Right. Your podcast encouraged me to stay informed in my local area um, by Googling very local place names and seeing if anything pops up in the news. Um, then he gives the link to the story. And what was a, the story you sent us then? Um, the story was, and... Okay. It's from the, the Fox DC website, so it's from obviously the, from the, uh, the, the website for Washington DC by Fox, and the headline is, 32, Tibet- Tibetan, so 32 Tibetan Terriers Seized from uh, Prince William County Home in Animal Cruelty Case. And, uh, and was this a story you felt you wanted to read out? No, it's completely sad. It's actually quite tragic. <laughs> Parker, the fact you found some, uh, found some humour in the headline... Bemuses me, yeah, to say the least. You see, Parker, we I know we do have a lot of stories, and this is important for all our listeners to know about about unfortunate animal stories. But I don't, I, the thing is, Rob, we are hypocritical on this. We did, we did find hilarity in a story about a man who microwaved his cat, but it was it was the details of the story. We, we neither Rob or I. Rob is a huge animal lover. I love animals also. We take no pleasure in in hearing about animal abuse stories. But um, that that story just sounds tragic and sad. I mean, I've, I've read. <laughs> Can I just quote you this? The stench alone was disgusting. It broke my heart. The majority of them were terribly matted, covered in urine and feces. Parker, that's not a humorous story. That is genuinely tragic. Yeah, we're worried about you, Parker. If you're finding this, if, if you're finding this funny, but um, but thank you for sending us a story. All the same, no, we do appreciate. It. And if you ever yeah. come across a story of the quality of uh, freaking zombie beaver, do send it to us, Parker. But we do appreciate you getting in touch. Um, of course. Also, we'd love. If there are any other American listeners out there, Parker is the only person who's ever submitted a story from the United States. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And there are stories going on every week in all in all one of those great states in America that would would be, be gold for this podcast. So if anybody's listening, because I know we have a lot of listeners in places like California and things like that. We do yeah. Send America. us your stories, please. There must be some humour. Come on, the deep science. I mean, that's just one big joke, isn't it? And Rob, you're being offensive now. Right, I'm sorry. Why would you say that? You just uh, honestly. Right, anyway, let's start with the, let's get on with it. I'm, I'm going to kick us off with some stories. Okay. And, uh, after berating Parker for his. Uh, what we consider tragic and sad rather than humorous story, I feel I'd rather set myself up for a fall here. Brilliant. And, uh, <laughs> other, other people. <laughs> well, in fact, yeah, starting with this story um, by Patrick Grafton Green from the New Shopper from Friday the 18th of July. Now, re- long time listeners will know that uh, Patrick Grafton Green specialises in small, slightly comical stories. Of course. Well, they now feature pictures of the journalist next to the. the so, do you want to know what Patrick Grafton Green oh, yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Like? He looks much more different than I would have thought. He looks like a really regular, quite good looking, I would say, guy. Really? Yeah, this is him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That's not how I pictured him, I must no, admit. I, I, I pictured a rather tall, 
um, but yet cumbersome and awkward Irishman. <laughs> I'm glad you did that because I was about to make the same racist joke. <laughs> Maybe wearing some sort of you know ginger beard and some sort of green hat. Yeah. Um, and the headline is inappropriate and unnecessary in quotes. Roadkill painted over by lime painter near Alpenstein. <laughs> Roadkill, uh, this, uh, so, uh, roadkill painted over by a line painter was photographed near Orpington this morning. This photo was taken at 7.30am in the slip road to the M25 from Orpington towards the A21. Abby Farnworth, 25, was driving from Green Street Green, Orpington, when she came across it. She said, I know that these lines are done by a machine, however there has to be someone operating the machine. I feel this is very inappropriate and unnecessary and whoever performed this should be spoken to. It is not an area where you are unsafe to stop. I know this because I stopped there with these this morning. Would you like to see a picture of the roadkill on the road that has actually just been painted over when they redid the lines? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. What? To me, Rob, doesn't it look more like what happened was that the, ro- the line painter killed... He the- does look like he's running about in the animal himself with what a machine he was using. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely looks like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. A highway agency spokesman said we repaint many thousands of miles of road markings every year. It's our standard practice to remove any debris, including dead animals, before repainting white lines. I quite like um, removal of debris, including dead animals, as an uh, episode oh, title. Why we don't know why this didn't happen in this case. As we mostly carry out this road mark, marking work at night, it's possible this unlucky animal was too well camouflaged against the tarmac. We will ensure it is disposed of safely, and that means they're just going to lob it in a bush. I don't, I don't know how it's done. I'm not sure how they do uh, road markings. I just always imagine it was the same sort of device when they, they do on football pitches, where it's just sort of a man pushing what looks like some sort of rudimentary uh, wheelbarrow. With I think paint. it probably is that, but I think it's probably driven. Ah, okay. And that's why I think that the reason they're acting in a rather sheepish manner about this is that they're the people who killed the uh, animal. The animal is so squashed, by the way, for the listeners who can't see the picture that you can't tell what the hell it was. Although, to be fair, I'd still eat it. Yeah. Um, Now, this story, Rob, is by... Yes. Jim Palmer, I've got a picture of Jim. I've seen Jim Palmer. Yeah, but this... this, So this is... Sorry. This is from the new shopper. Jim Palmer, leisure editor. The one and only. Uh... This is a picture of him, Rob, from his story, but here he looks quite hard. Oh, God. He's toughened up, Rob. He has. It's like jawline. Yeah. They're all quite good-looking, these male... Uh, uh, I mean, do you know what I mean? I'm saying from an objective standpoint, I imagine this is what yeah, a good-looking man looks like. To be fair, though, if he actually... Because um, he's, he's a ginger lad. If he grew a beard, he looked like Patrick, Patrick Crafton O'Green. Yeah, he looks like he should be Patrick Crafton O'Green. Yeah, maybe, yeah. They got the, maybe they got the pictures mixed yeah. up. And the headline is... Quirky, fun-packed evening to celebrate Greenwich Museum exhibition openings. Okay. And I thought this story might interest you. It's the sort of event I can imagine you attend. <laughs> a pair of intriguing new attractions will mark their openings at an off-kilter, late-IT event at the National Maritime Museum. Okay. Sounds just like fun, doesn't it, Rob? Mm. Off-kilter, crazy, zany. Dark and stormy late, which is the, the title of this. Uh, right. <laughs> from 6pm to 9pm on Thursday, July 24th, will feature cabaret performances, a quiz, short stories... Cocktails, tours, and lots of things to do. Sounds great. The evening celebrates opening of exhibition ships, clocks, and stars and guiding lights. Five hundred years of Trinity House and safety at sea. That is a meaningless sentence. To me. <laughs> for the five, that sounds so, really would dull. Like, would you like to know? No, Rob. Would you like to know what you're going to get for the five pound entry fee? Four pounds for members, including a glass of wine and an alcoholic drink. Ah. Here is the stack of entertainment on offer. Okay. Bullet point list. Shore leave cabaret and promenade performance. What does that mean? Don't know. <laughs> a pub quiz hosted by the Londonists, Matt Brown, featuring free bears from Meantime. 
Again, I was with you until this. The, the, mm. Sorry, three bears. Three, three or three. Three, as in don't have to pay for the bears. Right. Curate, curators on the gangplank. The museum's curators have to present their obsessions against the clock or walk the plank. Again, okay. could feel like it's, it's gibberish. <laughs> Dark and stormy cocktails. Stories from Jurassic London. <laughs> Is that like a really bad remake? <laughs> T Rex walking through a council state in Hackney. <laughs> Tours of two new exhibitions. Right. Make your own talisman. <laughs> You're okay. Meet Neptune, King of the Seas. <laughs> now that I pay for. And last one, but the best. Stories of alienation and disaster. <laughs> Not legs the sea, just in general. Can our headlight, can our episode title be Stories of Alienation and without, Disaster? Without, without, I mean, again, that sounds, that sounds like the podcast quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, so that was my second story. My last short story here, Rob, I believe, uh, is uh, from the Bournemouth Echo. Right. She hasn't read a story out for a while. It's by Juliet Astrop. There is no picture of her. Different okay. publication. 15th of July. And the headline is, Divers search lake after amputee loses eight grand prosthetic legs. <laughs> I mean, there is one question here, which would be why was he diving with a prosthetic leg in the first place? Should people with prosthetic leg not be able to partake in the same activities as everyone else, Rob? Well, I, I didn't say that. Once I, again. I just, I'm just saying that maybe you should consider taking it off beforehand. Or at least swim it with, with it in his hand. No. Hmm. Some sort of uh, yeah, swimming aid, yeah. Volunteer divers are scouring the seabed for an £8,000 prosthetic leg belonging to the founder of an amputee charity. Sorry, I missed that. Sorry, eight grand. Yeah. So how much it costs, Rob? Oh. Roy Wright, 45, lost a limb in the water. Don't you think about nicking somebody's prosthetic limb? I saw that look on your face. Easy cash. Look, all I'm saying is it's fair game now. Yeah. Roy Wright, 45, lost a limb in the water at Lake Pier Hamworthy on Saturday. Within hours, news of his plight had travelled across a social network, reaching amateur divers, including the Hamworthy Sub Aqua Club, who have devoted hours to the hunt. As the echo went to press, the leg, which Roy customised with England football motifs... <laughs> Has not been found, but the divers were due to return last night and have promised to continue the search. These are divers, by the way, who could still be looking for that missing Malaysian flight and instead wasting their time or looking for this guy's prosthetic leg. Good point. Yeah, it is. Roy from Adelston in Surrey said they've, they've even spoken to someone with a cockle boat who is going to drag the seabed with a net to find it. Oh, that's nice. A man with a cockle boat. That's a great episode, Tom. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that has to be a children's story. A man with a cockle boat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Just think out loud. I'm amazed, absolutely amazed, and that's without all the people on the day who stripped off and searched the water and all the kids with sticks probing the bottom to see if they could find it. Not a euphemism. Kids with sticks probing the bottom to see if they could find it. It brought a tear to my eye, he says. <laughs> I bet it did. I felt very humbled. He felt very humbled by having his bottom poked with a stick by a child. So, so if, if there was children poking uh, the bottom with the sticks, why, did, why wasn't the divers then? Surely it was it's not, obviously not that deep. It is confusing. As he says, it brought a tear to my eye. I felt very humbled. It has restored my faith in human nature 100%. Because until then, Rob, it wasn't 100%. He also thanked the passerby who jumped in fully clothed to pull himself to, safe, to pull him to safety after he dived off the end of the pier, losing the leg and becoming caught in a dangerous current. So some do-good, I saw him get into the lake and, and just dived in, fully clothed and rescued him. And that, Rob, that is classy behaviour. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Again, I'd be... Why, why wouldn't you just take it off? He doesn't answer that. Roy, who is setting up a charity to give amputees holidays at Beacon Hill, is struggling on using a painfully ill-fitting spare limb. Now, Rob, 
Isn't painfully fitted, painfully ill-fitting spare limb a very good episode title? <laughs> what was the possible episode title I just mentioned? Could we? Uh... I think the one before. What was the one before you mentioned? I think. It's oh, uh, stories of. Uh, oh yeah, that's alienation. Uh, I think oh. that's better. I think stories of despair. Painfully ill-fitting spare limb. <laughs> I'll give it some thought. Couldn't it be painfully fit? Couldn't we have painfully ill-fitting spare limb? Colon, stories of alienation and despair. Oh, that's good. That is good, yeah, okay. He added, I'm used to being a very active person. There is so much I need to do for the charity, and this is holding everything up. But as you say, he's only got himself to blame with. And also, he can still use a computer. Hmm. <laughs> just, just point that out, unless he had... Oh, no, I'm not going to go there. Comments. Marty Kane, UKIP, says, <laughs> Did he dive off the end of the pier? Wait, just Marty Kane wasn't there, but... That's not no. That's Marty Pello. Sorry, I'm just thinking of the least thing from wet, wet, wet. Yeah, it doesn't even. It's just Marty that is similar. Or, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Did he dive off the end of the pier or just lose his foot in it? If his artificial leg came off because of the strong current, then it could be down by Boscombe Pier by now. So I do not hold out much luck in finding it unless it gets washed up ashore, and that could be quite alarming for whoever finds it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I think it freak you out first. It would. And then you see the football motifs and realise it's probably a prosthetic leg. Maybe. Agog says, So all hands to the deck to help search for a leg that cost an arm as well. Nice. But don't go overboard, it's only a leg and not a life. Lovely. So Head said, I'd be hopping mad if that was me. <laughs> we <laughs> shall see, says, What a goon. Every year all the locals are warned not to jump off the pier at Lakeside because of the shallow ledge and strong current and this idiot has now found out why that is so. No sympathy for the bloke. Eric the Viking says, last comment, the mirror aren't too bright either. This is the paper. They don't understand the good old feet and inches thing as they quote the diver saying as the underwater visibility was six feet. No, it wasn't. It was more like six. It was more like less than six inches. I should know I was one of the divers involved. Good for you, Quite a claim to fame, isn't it? I was one of the divers that searched for this man's prosthetic leg in vain. Rob, just thinking out loud, we've had this big search, divers... Kids poking the bottom of the sea with sticks, presumably very long sticks. Yeah. Nobody's been able to find this damn leg. Now, is it not possible that this man uh, is trying to commit insurance fraud? <laughs> That's a good point. What, what, the man who the said eggs it, at home, Rob. You are, Alex. Just another con man. Yeah. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us? Yeah, two short stories. Um... The first one is from Non-Tracer's Guardian. Good. Which I would love, I'd like to maybe speak to one of the editors and wonder if they'd had any objection to us calling it that. I don't know. I'll ask them if they'll consider changing their name. <laughs> <laughs> to um, distinguish themselves from the Traitorous Guardian. Yeah, yeah. Um, the story is by uh, uh, Natalie Glanville. Um, the headline, The suspect escaped from a security room. That's not a headline. No, apparently it is. The suspect escaped from a security room after being accused of stealing £394 worth of baby milk from Asda. It's a rubbish headline. It sounds to me that they've copied and pasted it from the body of the article. Yeah, it does sound like that. Um, a CCTV image, uh, image of a suspected shoplifter has been released by police in Waltham Forest. Police are look, looking for the man after he allegedly stole from a, a security room at Asda in Leighton Mills on June 1st at 4.30pm. He was accused by security staff of, steal, of attempting to steal... £394 worth of baby milk and was stopped with a trolley load by the supermarket exit. So you're going to steal, don't steal that much. Also, what the hell was he doing with that much baby milk? He's got a very greedy baby at home. Or maybe he's got a fetish for baby milk himself. 
Maybe he was, uh, you know, like um, Cleopatra and uh, babes in it. Was it the uh, the milk of human ast- kindness? No, I think it was, it was ast- ast- I don't know what the word is, but in a specific milk. I wonder if he was doing that for his lady friend. In which case, that's quite a romantic gesture. Stealing all that milk. As to babe milk, yeah. <laughs> in order to soften his skin. and No, not his skin, the, uh, of his significant other, Alex. Right. What a romantic sweetheart. Mm. Uh, the alleged accomplice had already stolen a similar amount of milk, according to police. <laughs> so, what the hell does he need 700 pounds worth of ba- 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 baby milk for? Who knows, Alex? Maybe, like you said, he's just... This is a problem with local journalists. They never ask a tough question. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we tracked down this man. Can you imagine berating that side of time? What do you need all that baby milk for, you pervert? <laughs> um, Village Cranberry says, uh, too many milking this tale. Uh, uh, Johnny Mash says, what a teat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Sam Haynes says, what were they feeding? A baby elephant? Well, it does. It, the mind does boggle as to what is going on in that man's house. Yeah, it does. I love that story up, Rob, because it might all become clear, you know, that they discover a, a abducted baby elephant living in this man's house. Or a baby farm. A baby farm. Mm. Yeah, right. Farm to make babies. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I realise that the process of making babies, I mean, there's a stalk involved, I believe, but apart from that. Yeah. So there's maybe a man, a stalk, and lots of babies. There's an image. Um, the second story is also from the non-traitor's garden. There you go. We were talking last week about animals that have long neck- necks. We forgot a stork. Good Doesn't point. a stork Good have point. a long neck? It does have a long neck, yeah. yeah. And a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The second story is by uh, uh, Douglas Patient. Um, oh. And uh, the headline. Now, this story is, uh, really amused me, but it's the last paragraph I found I really always like stories that have the payoff at the end. Yeah. Langton's Wikipedia page had more edits from inside Parliament than any other. Hang on, let me get my head around this. Langton's Wikipedia page has more... Had more ed- uh, edits from inside Parliament than any other. Wow, so, so the Parliament of... Uh, the local council... No, from Parliament, the Houses of Parliament. What, what, who, who's the MP for Loughton? Uh, oh, I don't know. Because that's, that's quite important to understand that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can really think of, of any matters of national security in Loughton is, and I think this is public knowledge, I can say this, is um, the Bank of England's... Uh, what's the word? Uh, Ellen Lang. Doesn't ring a bell. No, she's she's Epping Forest. Oh, now she's in Epping Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, this is your local area. Sorry, I keep forgetting. <laughs> But yeah, what I was about to say is, Lanterne actually houses um, the printing press where they print all, and, and, well, the mint, basically, the raw mint ah. for the Bank of England. Anyway. Lanterne is that th- why you're living there, is it? As well as planning on stealing prosthetic limbs, you're also planning a heist. <laughs> Literally, it's on the other side of the... Is that what the prosthetic price? limbs are for, Rob? So you can, you, you can pose as a one-legged man with a prosthetic limb? Basically, I'm, made, I'm making myself this, this sort of outer shell. A bit like uh, Wolverine. Or Robocop. Or, yeah. Uh, Langton has been revealed to be the most edited... The, see, the most edited Wikipedia page in the Houses of Parliament. Does mm. that not bring a bit suspicious to you? Mm. Um, all the page edit, uh, edits... Uh, sorry. All the pages' edits attributed to the House of Parliament's IP address since 2003 were collated by the National Guardian and, and surprisingly, the Essex Town came on top. Um, the top 20 pages were released today and Loughton came top with 72 re- uh, revisions. Um, the Wikipedia page of Epping Forest Town has particularly large wealth of information for its size 
and a Westminster-based uh, expert seems to be behind it. Now, it's this paragraph that I found interesting. Very intriguing, this, Rob, I must say. Other, more not- other notable pages in the list, including Dictator Saddam Hussein with 24 revisions and the Gloucestershire town of Stroud with 64 revisions. We were right. All this time, we were right. Rob. I can't... When I read that story, it's just like... So, uh, communism's hit back then, hasn't it? We, we, we were right, Rob. We were, we, we, were, we were ahead of the curve. We knew it was coming, Alex. So it was you, only a do you of time. think that the communists, which will later turn into totalitarian takeover of Britain, is starting from Stroud and Loughton? I think... Because you need, you, need, you need to control the money. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah gotta, good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And Stroud, what's been controlled from Stroud? The communism, <laughs> I assume. Right. It has to, there has to be a central command. And, you know, Stroud has easy access to... Uh, hardcore pornography, the apparently. And hardcore pornography and um, veganism. Veganism? Yeah. There's a lot of vegans in Stroud. Uh, yeah, it's that kind of place. Kind of hippie-ish, you know. Right. Not the kind of place you want to go to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, also, apparently, um, Saddam Hussein is, was involved in this somehow. But well, he's involved with everything, isn't he? I mean, we should start. Maybe, maybe we should uh, bomb Stroud. What's that for time, Alex? I mean, I, I do live in one of those places. <laughs> Good point. Now, it's funny because I've got a story for you that's been sitting on my books for a while. Right. Um, it's quite a long story. It's not even really a story. But it's funny because you were talking to me this week about a rather unfortunate expense that you've got this weekend coming up that was quite unforeseen and it's costing you rather a lot of money. We don't need to go into it. No, but, no, no, no. but it's causing you um, some degree of consternation. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that this story I, I, I had here to read out to you this week, it's from the 27th of May. It's by Rachel Connor, uh, who's from something called Money Aware. Maybe, maybe, she's, maybe she's their money journalist right and the headline is fancy being a model or selling your hair step change money aware's 20 weird and wonderful ways to make extra money brilliant yes and right so so one very... second I need to get a pen well I, I'll send you the article oh thank you so I'm just going to go through so Rob what I'm going to do is because I'm not going to each one has a fairly lengthy paragraph so I'm just going to read them out and if any interest you stop me and I'll tell you more about okay. it number one trade in empty ink cartridges for cash does that oh, interest nice. you uh, have I got any? No, not at the moment. I haven't got any ink cartridges. Basically, it's using your ink cartridges, uh, uh, and you send them to the recycling factory, who'll pay you up to four pound ten per empty cartridge. Really? The cash for cartridges will pay as much as four pound fifty a time. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to enter the cartridges I have for my printer and just send them off. Yeah. I mean, can... they're new, but I mean, I'm happy to empty them if it means money. You could even have a cheeky rummage through your friends and family's old printers when they're not looking. Just kidding. Obviously, it says. <laughs> Just imagine that if you're around your friend's house. Just, just get, what are you doing, Rob? Oh, just, just looking You've at your printer. You've got any old printer cartridges? <laughs> you could start doing that. Just pissing your printer, mate. I wouldn't say that. Two, get paid for your holiday snapshots. Right. Does that intrigue you? Yeah. Stock photos can get samey, so businesses are always looking for brand new images to buy. Why not cash in? You don't have to be a camera wizard to take photos worth paying for. If you have some digital snaps of decent resolution, consider selling them to online agencies such as Fertilia and 123RF. Every time someone buys one of your pictures, you'll get a royalty fee, and the subject matter can cover anything you want, within reason. No pictures of your cock grub. Oh. I was interested. But the high resolution. Yeah. Is it the good quality? People should be paying for that, Alex. Yeah, I know. You, they yeah. don't, but they should. Number three, become a life model. Hmm. 
I mean, I've been something you know, similar to that. Some life models earn around £10 an hour, Rob. Really? Yeah. Jeez. A tenner an hour for you to just sit around again with your cock out. I was only making seven as a rent boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Number four, donate old clothes for cash. Where? Every year, tons of textiles are dumped in landfills. This is a crying shame because as much as 95% of clothes we throw away could be used again. And this is true, I've seen it. H&M are now collecting clothes and textiles of any brand, in any quality, in any condition. They'll give you a £5 voucher to spend in store for each bag of... I didn't, should have read this more carefully. For each bag of material that you donate. That's brilliant. Limit two bags a day. I mean, I don't have any old clothes because I still wear everything. But you have to then spend it in H&M. Well, that's fine. I wonder what H&M are doing with those clothes, Rob. They just put them back on the shelf with the price tag on. <laughs> Basically, what they do is they... Rip, Vintage. They, they rinse and put some paint on it, yeah, and claim it's a hipster. Number five, Rob. It's a pity. Uh, you should update this to say Rob has just had his haircut. Number five, you're going to regret it, Rob. Sell your hair. To be fair, I've still got some pubic hair going spare. Yeah, and that's very long, Rob. I mean, it's trailing at the bottom of your trousers. Yeah, well, I'm cultivating it for this. Since the dawn of time, long hair has been a hallmark of a woman's beauty. The occasional man, too, such as yourself. Yeah. When you had long hair. Hair extensions are more popular than ever, so if you have lovely long locks, you can cash in. Hop on Gumtree, you'll find a plethora of ads from wig makers willing to pay cold hearts cash for your hair. So, Rob, have you ever considered the fact that you are blessed with being able to grow very long hair, that nobody would know if it was a male, man's, or a woman's, blonde, True. you could grow out your hair again and sell it each time for like a hundred quid? I mean, the, the other... Does that, does that appeal to you? It does. And, and, and to be honest, there's another saving because I can save on haircuts. Yeah. So are you thinking of doing that? That's my thought. Six. Rent your own back garden. Rent your back garden out to campers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't, I'm not sure you can camp on a patio. You could try. Yeah. Number seven. Flog it for a fiver. American site Fiverr.com lets you earn money by doing anything from writing a sweet ukulele jingle to creating a custom cartoon character. You can net four dollars each time you do one of a wide variety of small tasks. I don't know why they're paying people money to do this variety of small tasks. Maybe what we can't see is all those varieties of small tasks add up to something bigger, <laughs> something totalitarian, maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to send my cock picture there anyway. Yeah. Eight, get paid to buy booze. I'm interested in that. Serve Legal needs young folk to find out if pubs are serving people who could potentially be underage. Oh, no, okay, right. It's a paid gig and your drinks and travel costs are also covered. What a bloody job that That's is. That's a great job. Nine. Plus, if they do, then you can get drunk as well. Number nine. Free. Rob, number nine, you could do this. Go on. Take some tourist sightseeing. Fucking hell, yeah, I could actually do this. You I know stuff. Want, yeah. You love where you live, and you love to show it off when far-off friends or family come to visit. You probably also hate falling into tourist traps when you yourself go on holiday, so why not help others to avoid them too? Sign up to Vayable and put together a cheap and cheerful tour that visitors will love. You'll get to set your own rates for what each tourist will pay, and Vayable take a 3% cut. That isn't a lot. That isn't a While lot. showing off what you believe are your hometown's best features. Get some punters through the doors of your favourite family-run pub or take them to that little-known local pencil museum you've been meaning to check out. <laughs> no, it's done that. You may make some out-of-town friends you can give you a tour around their hometown in return. Now, that is something, Rob, that you could do. I really could do that. Whilst growing your own hair. <laughs> Very long and selling it. I can literally make my money hand over fist. Earn which, club- again, is what I used to do. Number ten, earn club card points for empty cans. Yeah? Uh-huh. Eleven, sell your trees. <laughs> I don't have any trees are there trees on your road yeah sell them okay um, 12 refer a friend that's perfect for the job so site called refer me happy and you get bonuses oh I see right okay yeah yeah number 13 answer some bizarre text messages <laughs> <laughs> is it, are these like dirty text messages 
Charchar, the service Charchar, lets people text any question, no matter how random, and you can get an, an and get an answer back in minutes. If you reply to the questions, you get paid. It couldn't be simpler. You log into Charchar to answer questions ranging from what Pokemon takes less steps to hatch and how do I make myself more attractive. You get fifteen p for every reply. Alex, it's who slow and steady wins the race. Race way to boost your income. But hey, who doesn't like racking up some pennies on a lazy afternoon at home? So all you do is you sit there, Rob, on this service, and you answer people's random questions, and you get fifteen p. But who's using this service? What arsehole is sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know how to use a computer, I'll just text this service. I think you've just... Why really am I so lonely? I think you've just watched yourself out of 15p a text. Right, yeah. 14. I don't know why you haven't thought of this one, Rob. Reclaim lost assets. <laughs> I don't have any lost assets. Rob, do you ever wonder if your eccentric great-uncle was really a famous explorer with a stash of pirate treasure in his attic? No, he's a baker. Up to 15 billion of unclaimed financial assets are collecting dust right now in forgotten UK bank accounts, pensions, life assurances and investments. 15 billion pounds. That's ridiculous. So that could make a hell of a lot of millionaires. Why don't they just give it away? Hang on, how can Hang on. A billion? Isn't a billion a million, a thousand million? Yeah, it's different to the US billion because that's a million million. Over here's a thousand million. I don't think there's any difference, Robin. There the is. There's you a difference. You te- if you're... Te- Rob, there is a difference between a US million in dollars and a US million yeah, in pounds. Yeah, that's the conversion rate. No, 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 no. So you're saying if, I, if I'm an American, I say I've got six billion. Rob, currency have to be converted. You're talking crap. Uh, look it up. I'm going to have to look this up. Rob. Sorry for listeners. Uh, this, but it's not it's in a... currency, it can't be different. Otherwise, how would you do the transfer? It is. Okay. I assure you, it's different. I'm going to do it. The monetary amount is different. Or their defi- de- their definition of what, what constitutes a billion Billions, dollars... Pounds. Maybe definitions would be better to explain that. See, one billion dollars in U- one million pounds in US dollars is what you'd expect it to be after the exchange rate, which means it can't be a different. No, no that's definition. what I'm saying. The definition of what constitutes a billion. But it can't be because if in their very own currency they're adhering to what a billion is. Anyway, what was the story <laughs> about? Oh, yeah, that's an old wives' tale. You'd be fed there, mate. Uh, listen, listen. The point is, affect me. I'm what is our that, definition man. of what a billion is, Rob? A thousand million. So, if you've got 15 billion, yeah. you could make 15,000 millionaires, in, in, which is a lot. Yeah. And also, I mean, let's face it, if you use that kind of money, I mean, if the government has to repay it, then it could probably end the austerity measures. Yeah. Whether, but the problem is, is that I guess technically these accounts do belong to somebody, they're just unclaimed. Yeah. Whether the account's yours or a deceased relative's, it's worth reading through this brilliant guide on moneysavingexpert.com and finding out how to reclaim lost assets you may be entitled to. Fair enough. Fifteen, rent out your parking space. We could do that, although Sarah uses it, so it shouldn't be about best place. <laughs> or with your long hair. <laughs> and with the tourists sitting in the, <laughs> the tourists sitting in the living room. I would literally give him a tour of my house. Rent out you and Sarah's bedroom. Slow the Japanese tourists are standing <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Rob, rent out you and Sarah's bedroom. Could do that. We're, sleep, we're sleeping in the living room. <laughs> You're in the bath. <laughs> Sixteen, try stuff out before it hits the shelves. You can get paid to do that. 17, get paid to review music. Yeah. Slice the Pie is the website we can do that with. I'm getting bored of this article. Number 18, become a hangover helper. What? Hangover helpers bring their clients a hearty breakfast burrito. This oh, is in America. A sports drink to replace fluids and will give the place a good tidying while the students sleep off their woes. Mm. So you could be a basic servant, or basically. <laughs> yeah. 19, rent out your shed or garage. Mm, I've got, oh, got a shed, actually. Have you? Yeah. Rent it out. Should do, actually. Let me clear out first, though. Number 20, so let your spare room out to a student. 
Do you have more than one room? <laughs> no. No more than one bedroom. We've got a shed. Um, well, we've got a very actually we've got a very big like uh, utility cupboard. They could sleep in there. There's no windows, but that shouldn't matter. Yeah. For the price they're paying. Well, if uh, well if they're Japanese tourists, Rob, they'll be used to that kind of accommodation from their t- tourist industry. That's true. Small hotels, so that's that. There's your lot. Grow your hair long. Invite some Japanese tourists to your house. Rent out your rooms and they can stand. They call it a hotel or utility covered. Take them on tours that you charge them for. Basically, exploit these Japanese tourists whilst renting out Sarah's parking space. I can literally be a millionaire by the end of the year. And reclaim all those lost assets, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Track down that uncle. Bloody hell, that's a lot to think about. I better get on the phone. Yeah. Okay, Rob, we've got a story for us. Yeah, this is from The Citizen. Um, the Citizen? Yep. Um, there's no journalist listed. Now, I realise the story uh, is... Tedious? On, well, no, it touches on abuse, and I want to make that clear, and by no means... Uh, do I advocate this? And I mean, I deploy in all its forms in, in a relationship. But I have to cover this story, Alex. I'm sorry, I just have to. <laughs> oh my god! You, with the proviso you just mentioned, I can't believe this story would be appropriate for you to read out on this podcast. The headline: Woman fined for swearing a handful of clover in husband's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's not abuse. Well, there are other things, but l- let me read the story because it's all read it it's, in all, it's all subjective. A woman has been fined for assaulting her husband by throwing toast at him and smearing butter on his face. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Julie Evans, 45, um, admitted... A of clover in the face is a good episode. Yeah. Um, throwing and... toast. Come on, I might digest this. Throwing toast? Well, he went to the police about having toast thrown at him. Well, there's more to this story. That's what I mean, but... Right, um, Julie Evans, 45, admitted grabbing a handful of clover and rubbing it, o- uh, rubbing it over him during a breakfast bust-up over their crumbling marriage. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is brilliantly written. Crumbling marriage is a very good statement. Yeah. So they're having breakfast, it's not going well, they just descend into another round, she just picks up some clover and smears it the, on The trouble face. is, when I read this story, it just reminded me of sort of bottom-esque Sort of, you know, slapstick. That's why that's why I pictured it. Anyway, um, she also admitted assaulting him by pouring water on her husband James as he slept the previous day. Um, <laughs> but she was cleared of actual bodily harm um, by splitting his ear and leaving him needing thirteen stitches following the toast and butter attack. Now that implies that post and, the toast and butter attack caused those thirteen yeah, stitches. Yeah, absolutely, more than implies it. Yeah. It implies a causal relationship. How would toast sever an ear? Well, that's the funny thing. Neither of them seemed to know how he got the cut on his ear. Anyway, a court heard that after the incident came, uh, came about last July, as a couple's marriage ended after 15 years together, James, a 14-year-old, uh, sorry, a 40-year-old project manager, told magistrates, I came, I came to the kitchen for breakfast and said good morning. <laughs> she threw the toast to me, it hit me in the chest and fell off. Sorry. A brilliant image. Right, <laughs> it would have stuck there for a second. <laughs> it just sort of fell to the floor. I laughed and grabbed a handful of butter and smeared it all over my face. He did that. Uh, no, sorry. She did, he just made it clear. So, I, sorry, so he's saying, I laughed, yeah. so she grabbed a handful of butter and smeared it all over my face. Right. I tried to rub the butter on her back to make her laugh. I tried to make it playful. I went to get the butter out <laughs> sorry, of well, This man <laughs> sounds ridiculous. He sounds like a man who doesn't be able to read what's happening in events. <laughs> 
your wife's angry with you, right? And you're laughing because she's throwing toast at you rather than saying what the hell is wrong. She smears butter on you and you just go, oh, let's make it playful. I start rubbing it on your back. So he, let's, let's, let's I tried to make this. love to her and uh, she... Uh, <laughs> she's she's, she's smeared jank my cock. <laughs> but I like the impression that, you know, she's, she's there either doing the washing up or making breakfast for like, the children or something and then and literally he walks, hello, darling, just lobs the toast at him. And then he sits down. Star. <laughs> Ninja. Nin- you know, what are they called? Shurikens. And then he laughs, you know, and then, then literally she turns around, grabs the clove and jumps in his face. Alan Partridge style with the cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he starts swimming on her back. I tried to make it a playful thing. Yeah. Um, isn't that a non-confrontation? <laughs> well, apparently not, according to this boy. Um, I went to get the, uh, yeah, I went to get the butt out of my hair. When she grabbed me by the throat, she was choking me. He added that he put his hand, his hand under his wife's chin to make her let go. He continued, she reached behind me to get a cup cup off the shelf and tried to hit hit me over the head. I stopped. Somehow we ended up on the floor. Um, My my leg twitched because of the MS. I think I caught her with my foot. Um, At that point, the the 40-year-old daughter entered the kitchen of the house and drive up near Tinderford, Gloucestershire, and Miss Evans noticed blood on the floor. Um, I went upstairs to the bathroom. uh, I went upstairs to wash the butt off my face and noticed the ear was flapping in the wind. (laughs) Again... Slightly weird turn of phrase. Yes. What wind? Uh, it was in two halves and hanging on by the skin. What the fuck happened in that time that caused him to lose his ear in a toast and butter... Uh, a toast frenzy. and butter... Yeah, yeah. Toast and butter frenzy attack. <laughs> yeah. um, Evans, this is his wife, who has since divorced her husband, told, uh, told Cheltenham uh, Magistrates Court, he came down for breakfast and said, I want a divorce, get out of the house! So a completely different version of events. Keep taking, keep reading. Um, that did annoy me, and I did throw the toast at him. I did put butter in his face. <laughs> she said it would be upsetting, I guess. Yeah. I went to I went to wash the butter off my hands, and he came uh, to put butter on my face. I pushed him back. He grabbed me around the throat and pushed me up against the, cu- the cupboards really hard. Um, Luke Hennessy defending put it to Mrs. Evans that he thumped his wife in the again. Why would you use the term thumped his wife in the eye? Why would you not say he assaulted his wife? Um, which he denied. Uh, Evans admitted two charges of common assault. It doesn't say which Evans. I'm guessing the man. Um, for <laughs> oh, sorry, no, it's a woman. Sorry, it will be the woman. Yeah, um, Evans admitted two charges of common assault for pouring water on her husband and for the breakfast attack. Magistrates Chris Simmons ordered Miss Miss Evans to pay a total of uh, three hundred pounds in, in fines. Sorry, well I'm as just checking this from a legal perspective, Rob. You're telling me that under the definition of common assault, pouring water on somebody or throwing toast at them can be classified as assault. Assault can be... Uh, so if I just sat there right, and threw some toast at your face, you could go to the police and have me prosecuted. Even the threat of it, you could, you could say, is, is, is assault. It's, it's, it's intended assault. Right. Don't think about it, Alex. Put the glass down. Yeah. Toast? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Okay, Rob, it's time for our listener story of the week, and who's it going to be from this week? Sorry, Parker, that it didn't make it in, but um, it, would have, it would have ended the episode on a real downer, I'll be honest. Well, as mentioned last week, we have a new... Well, we're not sure if he has a new listener, he might be an, an old listener, but a, a new commenter. Yeah, Steve from Derby um, sent this cracking story in. So the, uh, this is from the Derby Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is by Martin Naylor. And the headline, Dad's anger at £5 voucher for cereal bug. Right, it sounds similar to the previous stories that we've had. Yeah, it's a compensation story. Um, a father of young twins has described a £5 gift card 
sent to him by the superstore when he found a five pound. Uh, sorry, when he found a bug in a box of cereal as a slap in the face. What supermarket was it? At Asda. Right. Yeah. No, that's what you expect. If you, look, if you're going to go to a low price supermarket, I'm sure it's the sort of supermarket you go to, Rob. Then if you do get a bug or something else, a piece of shit in your food, <laughs> and you have to get compensation, you're going to get value compensation. Okay. Liam McDermott was shocked to discover the insect walking across his uh, Asda cocoa hoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not cocoa, choco hoops. Um, when he picked up the spoon as he went to enjoy an evening snack. Well, that, there's your first mistake. Don't eat cereal in the evening. Choco hoops. <laughs> um, he returned to the box... Sorry, he returned the box to the store in uh, Spondon. Well, Rob, you don't get this if you buy Cocoa Pops. What? You don't get an insect. Insects. You buy the brand name. You, you might get yeah. You might get a toy fake insect to, to put on your collection, but you wouldn't get a real insect. Uh, Alex, this 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 is yeah, this is Asda. This is not this isn't Netto. I think you know, Asda. You can expect maybe I don't know some bits of metal or something like that, but you know, not a live insect. You're straying into dangerous territory there, Rob. You might want to retract that. I don't think you can expect that. I think from Asda, all you expect is high quality yet good value produce. Because they are owned by Walmart, a massive American conglomerate. Shit. Yes. No, I retract my comments and I, I am uh, an Asda customer. To be fair, Rob actually is an Asda customer. Yeah, that is true. He um, lives in Asda. In the clothes section. I haven't found out yet. He returned the box to the store in Spondon, which sent to their customer services team. A few days later, Mr. McDermott, 23, received a letter from the supermarket giant apologising and closed the letter with a £5 gift card. Is there anything more insulting than a £5 gift card to, to a supermarket? <laughs> would £10 have been okay? What did he want? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think a suit would have cost him about a quid. I can't... So what did he want? Well, he said he called customer services, which, which told him Asda could offer him a further £10, but he declined. Right, <laughs> he wanted to take it to the High Court, didn't he? <laughs> so, yeah. In response, Asda said Mr. McDermott of uh, Dovedale Circus um, only returned the box and said they had no sight of the insect to identify it or how it got into the box. Well, no, you wouldn't found it. It's not like he would turn the box and put the insect back in there. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> they wanted him to return the insect. I just, I love the put fact that... No, put it in the self-addressed envelope, put the insects inside, send it back to us. Along with all the zoo. Yeah, that's an insect. <laughs> Well, because Rob, after have to, I guess, worry about people making false claims. I like the idea that there's some sort of uh, list in the customer services department that has like, uh, there's the compensation, yeah, compare, and, and uh, equivalent compensation value. This is a cockroach. <laughs> this is a ladybug. Three pounds for a ladybug because it's a knife bug. Yeah, yeah. Um, a cockroach, fifteen quid. Ten quid, live snake. Yeah, bear. Bear's the jackpot. Five hundred quid. Um, Mr. McDermott, whose uh, twin sons, Ethan and Elijah, are still in the hospital, having been born 12 weeks premature. Irrelevant <laughs> to the story. It. Completely irrelevant to the story. He should get more compensation, should he? Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's trying to feed it to his kids, then no. Um, to me, being offered £5 is nothing more than a slap in the face, and I told customer services this. I spent £80 to £90 pounds a week in Asda, and this is how they treat the customers that I'm going somewhere else to do my weekly shopping from now on. Rob, hang on a minute. Why didn't he accept the, t- the extra £10 they offered him? It doesn't say, Alex. Does he say what he did want? No. How do we know, Rob, that he didn't pour these cho- cocoa, whatever they, cocoa, choco hoops into his bottle and an insect landed on the bowl? How does he know it came from Absolutely. Syria? It also doesn't say that it was, it was a fresh pack in the open. So it might have been, it might have been the, co- the cupboard and something accidentally crawled into it. Yeah. 
when you buy a product from a well-known uh, huge firm like this, you expect the quality to be of the highest standard. But this wasn't the case. And the way they handled my complaint was poor, to say the least. If you're expecting to go to Asda and buy Choco Pops and expecting the quality to be of the highest standard, then you are living in a fantasy land. <laughs> uh, Mr. McDermott said that his 70-year-old son, Harvey, said he had poured milk on the sewer when he noticed something moving in his food. He said it was crawling all over my food, almost swimming for the milk. It was horrible. Like a silverfish or something else like that. Like a what? Silverfish. Have you ever seen a silverfish? Are they small little? Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking hell, they weren't. They weren't like a cockroach. They're fucking huge. They're tiny. They're about that big. I think it was like a tapeworm. (laughs) Okay. In your choco pops. (laughs) Well, true. Um, A spokesman for Asta said he had not seen the insect to analyse. Again, why would you? And was able to say how it got on the cereal. Um, we said we set we set ourselves a higher standards for our, for our for our products, and our loss is how this could make it into one of our products. We haven't had any complaints of this nature, as this appears to be an isolated incident. We are well, sorry for the upset. Huge, there is another the huge problem with this. Yeah, how does he know it wasn't in the milk? How does he know that this little silverfish type thing? wasn't in the milk and it's actually the milk he needed to be returning do you I see th- Rob do you know what? I, how I, do you know the milk wasn't I don't think it was the milk because you usually find and, and again sorry this isn't really for a comedy podcast but silverfish you usually find in drains right. so it could have been the case that the bowl he'd taken to put the the, uh, the cereal in may have already had the silverfish in there and as soon as he pulled the milk in it started swimming I think it was a tapeworm in the milk from the cow that had the tapeworm do you see Rob Disgusting, Alex. Disgusting. Yeah. A few comments. Newcastle Ram says, £5 is more than enough to buy a replacement box and get some more bugs so you can try a conversation claim for another supermarket. <laughs> Bang on. Whoa. What I love about that is, right, is that it really would be a harebrained scheme, right, Rob? To go off and, like, go online and buy some insects, right? Buy some produce put the insects in the produce, go, oh no, and do a compensation claim when you never really needed to buy the bugs in the first place. You just say, this is what happened. Yeah, that's a good point. At no point, at no point is there I just evidence. love the idea that someone in the country is taking pictures of Cyril with a crab in it. Because, <laughs> you know, like, like they, get, they get next door's cat, stick it, you know what I mean? Stick it on the top of the lasagna. Look at what I found in my lasagna, a cat. I just like the idea... <laughs> I just like the idea that maybe there's a picture with his, him in his hand in the bowl and he's taking a picture of it. Look, there's a human hand in my food! Yeah, that's another good one. Um, or, or just doing a shit on your own food and saying, look what I found when I opened up my, uh, my um, ball-in-the-bag fish. A turd. <laughs> See this uh, picture of his apple juice? Finger point to it. Piss. Piss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stop it now. <laughs> stop it now, he says. Stop being mean to Paul Liam, everyone. Picture the scene. He was finishing his turkey twizzlers and alphabetic spaghetti like, <laughs> like, like a big boy. <laughs> hey, never mind with Choco Pops. And his mummy says, you can have some yummy cocoa hoops before Betty bites. <laughs> then he finds a big scary monster in the sewer who makes him cry. <laughs> and we're probably giving nightmares. No one he wants compo. Anything less than the immediate resignation of the entire board of Asda. <laughs> Followed by their rich and public dis- disembowelment would suffice. <laughs> oh, and five pounds for another. Oh, sorry. Oh, and five pounds for another box of sugary stodge. Sugary stodge. I yeah. think comment of the week there. Comment of the month. God, we haven't had a better one in a long time. But Rob, surely there's some plan words here about compo hoops. Compo, yeah. But I also think there's no an episode title with that, Rob. Compo hoops, something, something, compo hoops. 
Is it um, ritual and, and public disembowelment of the Born of Asda? Oh, <laughs> the entire Born of The entire Asda. Born of Asda. Let's show those episodes title. Oh, that's fucking good. You've got a few to choose from this week, mate. Yeah. Well, Steve, that is a great story. And if you... Where, where does he live again? Derby. Derby. If you find any other good stories in Derby, Steve, please let us know. And, uh, yeah, we do thank you very much. That is a, that's a great story. Yeah, fantastic um, story to start off. But uh, I eat Rice Krispies. Does that make me a, a child living in an adult's body? Yeah, yes it does, Alex. Does it? Yeah. Right. I eat ricicles. What are ricicles? What do you mean rotten ricicles? What are they? The Carol's ricicles. It had a, 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 a picture of a boy in some sort of spaceman out on the box. What do they look like? They look well, like they, look, they look. They're basically they're, they're rice the, krispies. They they are uh, the, the cornflakes to your frosties. They're basically uh, rice krispies that sugar coated. Right, they're amazing. Right. Why Probably can't you pour your own sugar on your? Because it saves me when it's a job. Right, it's time saving, Alex. It makes basic sense. Do you know what I do? I've rice. Sorry, we're veering off point. <laughs> uh, I think we should just bring the podcast. To Probably, the yeah, yeah. Before I start telling people about my breakfast habits, I would just like to, to specify that I don't just have rice krispies neat. I actually put other things in there as well. Not insects. Okay, isn't it? Not, no, not insects. More like fruit and uh, nuts, Rob. Right. So I actually have a rather healthy breakfast compared to your sugar-coated um, cereal sludge. To be fair, can I just say it's followed by pop tarts, so it evens out. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fair enough. As long as there is some natural fruity goodness in it. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I feel exhausted, Rob, but the, yeah. uh, we now bring episode 107 to a close and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation. You've never fully embraced this catchphrase of mine, have you, Rob? No, to, uh, because it always peters out after you've said it and then it just no, goes No, there's no nowhere. metaphor, I just say we're looking forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation, to episode LA108. There is nothing else that I oh, say. I see, right. And so we will see you next time for episode 108 as we move ever <laughs> <laughs> more forwards. Like to... Like to what, Rob? Ducks floating across a pond. Yeah, did you have a story about an elderly person this week? What? Did you have a story about some elderly person? This is not occurring. Like, this has been a real effort this week. Did I have a story about an elderly person? No, Alex, I didn't. <laughs> didn't you? What, what, what were your stories again? There was a man who stole the milk from... Um, uh, from uh, uh, I can't remember. Sorry, he stole the milk. Oh, from, it was from our Asda. Then there was the, uh, the, the House of Parliament changing the website. Then there was Lady uh, Who Smeared the Butter and Toast in the Face and that. As we move ever more forward, like a, ma- <laughs> like a man struggling to steal... Uh, 350 pounds worth of baby milk from a storeroom uh, so it'd be rather slow and awkward I'd imagine should we keep, see if we can keep going until Christmas <laughs> yeah well the podcast yeah. or this because it certainly feels like we already have yeah anyway on, on that note we do bring the podcast to an end thank you for listening we'll see you next time take care and God bless Bye.